It's seven o'clock. Do you know where your freedom is? not to make trump jokes i know there's a bunch of other rotten fuckers like mitch mcconnell and shit like and lindsey graham i'm more scared of of pence than i am trump trump doesn't know what the fuck he's doing he he's fucking you know he's a figurehead that talks way too much and we're scared that that's gonna get us in trouble but pence is really running the show pence is literally the second coming of cheney this is the Bush fucking administration over again where we really know Cheney's running everything, except this time, instead of a, a, a fucking goofy guy, we have a guy who talks too much shit. He's a little bit more under the radar than Cheney. I, I saw, I forget who did the poll, but 12% of American voting age Americans don't know who Mike Pence is. Yeah, I can see that. Well, he's overshadowed by Trump. I mean, but, he's he's the loudest monkey in the room. To be fair, <laughs> would we know Cheney as much if it wasn't for 9-11? No. Because he was, he was pretty much done with government until Bush brought him back in. He was set. He had his business uh, that he was making money off the government that way. He was fucking golden until Bush brought him fucking back in. And then when Bush brought him back in... Uh, 9-11 basically gave him the freedom to do whatever the fuck he wanted, and he took advantage of that. Halliburton. Yes. Like, dust, dust off the Blackwater mercenaries. Yeah. I, like, I don't believe that uh, our government did 9-11, but they sure as fuck took advantage of it. Yeah. It was, how can we 
benefit the most from this. So they got all that. They did all that. They, they rammed through the Patriot Act, which they love. Oh, yeah, the second coming of the fucking Monroe Doctrine. <laughs> yeah, it, it was squeezed for as much blood and oil as possible. So, yeah, we'll see. There's 500 and change days until the 2020 election. Yeah, and I don't, I don't think Trump can win again. But it all depends because the Democratic Party could fuck up by doing the same shit they did last year and put someone that people hated running. They fucked themselves. The Democratic Party fucked themselves. They fucked over Bernie and they fucked themselves over. And I, w- I wanted Elizabeth Warren to run in 2016. Yeah, and I, I wasn't going to vote for fucking any of those people because I'm a libertarian. Uh, and none of them I thought were better than the Libertarian candidate. He sucked also, but they all kind of sucked. Was that the year Gary Johnson ran? Yes, yeah, okay. Gary Johnson. He confused be- me our, a little not bit. Not our best foot. <laughs> not, not our best foot forward, but, you know, at that point, it and to me, it was more about getting the vote in so that we could, you know, show that we have growth. Because at this point, all the Libertarian Party is trying to do is show that we are growing each year. That's it. I think that's what the, you know, tertiary and whatever you call for the quadiary, the the non-major parties. I I haven't been a registered member of any political party for about 15 years or so. I do the annoying thing of researching every candidate, which you should. I like if I thought another candidate was better than Gary Johnson, I would vote for him. And the Green Party is another one that I feel like often they, just shows up every four years and then they sink yeah. back into nothingness. And it's like, OK, they but need to, they need to do what the Libertarian Party's doing and get those fucking numbers. Like, yeah, I don't agree with everything the Libertarian Party says or does. Um, I'm hugely uh against anti-vax like no vaccinate your fucking kids right but the libertarian party we are you the government shouldn't control that i i do not agree with that so i mean i don't agree with everything but you know same thing religion wise i don't agree with everything that's in my religion i really don't count it as a religion i count it more as a philosophy but technically they fought the good fight, so they're a religion now. But I don't agree <laughs> with everything in there. But if someone asks me, I'm still going to be like, yeah, I'm a Satanist. Are there multiple uh, churches? Uh, yes. Uh, there's two big ones. There is the original uh, Church of Satan, which is by Anton LaVey. Um, you would not like them because they basically refuse to be political. Um they really are just like, nope, that's a personal thing. You keep it out. We will not be political no matter what. We will not fight for any cause. Nothing. Uh, then you have the split of the Satanic Temple, which is almost more of a political activist group than it is a religion. Um, they are still based off LeVay Satanism, but they basically are like, yeah, all the theatrics of magic and ritual and shit, eh, we don't really believe in all of that. We, we we get what he's saying, but we instead want to focus more on uh, equality and fighting for injustice and, and shit like that. So they're more of a political version of it. So they're, they're the ones that put up the 
Like the yeah, statue the, of Baphomet on yes. the courthouse lawn. But there are also the dumb fucks who were like, we're going to sue the Netflix Sabrina because they showed Satanists in a bad light. And it's like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> you, that is just whiny. Get the fuck out of here. That's something uh, the Catholics would do. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> you don't want to be fucking compared to the Catholics. That's like being compared to the Nazis. Catholics have a bigger body count, but still. Yeah, and they worked together so many years ago. They did. That and the whole children fucking. I'll get into the children fucking in Japan later. Okay. And uh, I guess I, that's that's a good segue before we go back off the rails, if I can use our uh, introduction at the beginning of oh. our political chat. Yeah, I don't care. I, I stand by anything I say. Uh, if I'm wrong, educate me. And I'll admit I'm wrong. Uh, you'll have to actually have a phone call with me, though. I will not fight with you over Facebook. I will not <laughs> type it out. You will have to message me, get my phone number, and we will have a conversation over the phone. Otherwise, uh, no, I, I'm not. We're not going to do this. Uh, I, I didn't do it fucking yesterday in the Dark Discussions uh, podcast Facebook group when this chick and i got into a disagreements over game of thrones but i won't go into that because i don't want spoilers for anyone but this will be out in about a week or two weeks how 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 uh oh it's not a big spoiler do you watch game of thrones i do okay uh the aria sex scene Oh that, yeah, that was the topic. Okay, a um, I talked about how I made a post saying how I, I, that you know a lot of people were saying they feel uncomfortable about the scene. I don't feel uncomfortable about it because she is an adult. The character is of age, and Macy Williams came out saying that the the producers and directors, even though they wrote the sex scene, they came to her and told her, "You have complete control over how much you show." You can show no nudity, you can show some, you can show all. We don't give a fuck. Up to you, completely, in your hands. Awesome. They gave the power to her. Now, uh, there is a small toxic part of uh, the male species that is very fucking gross and disgusting. And, and they've done things like had a nude counter since Macy was 12 years old and started in Game of Thrones for if she would get naked at 18. They're, they're, it's gross and they're fucking disgusting. Um, there are, uh, that's, uh, it's, most people can call it pedophilia, it's technically hebophilia. I don't really give a shit. Uh, it's still fucking gross. She's 12. Uh, unless you're 12, you really don't need to be into that. Anyway, so this late, this girl in that, in that group, uh, basically said how it was, disgusting because it was made and that the creators knowingly made this fan service to appease this small pedophilic group out there this is key to the grooming of children uh like she was about like it almost sounded like she was about to go off on some fucking weird uh left-wing version of pizzagate which i'm uh, sure it, there but, is okay. somewhere <laughs> And I'm sure that I, I'll, I'll, I'll straight up tell you the extreme sides are always bad no matter what. If you partake in outrage culture and all that shit, you're hurting real causes way more than you're helping in every fucking format. Take your shots appropriately. 
don't fucking get mad over something stupid. That also goes to you, Satanic Temple, for the fucking stupid shit. Anyway, you do good <laughs> most of the time. But, so I argued that because Macy had full control over what she showed and what she didn't show, that that, that is not true. They were not putting that out as fan service. They even said in the little thing after the episode where they talked about why it was important that it happened and how it was, you know, humanizing and growing up for the character who has become kind of a fucking robot. Her and Bran are basically robots at this point. Bran's just kind of like fucking the, the stoner robot and she's the Batman robot. It was nice and humanizing. Possibly our last night alive. Yes, I want to exactly. drink and fuck. <laughs> it does It does make me worried that she went to go see the Hound for that reason at first and then clearly was like, oh, wait, no, never mind. I really hope that – I hope she was just hanging out with the Hound and being like, why am I hanging out with these lame fucks? I'm going to go find Gendry. And then when she saw Gendry, she was like, let's get down to business. I, I feel well, like they, if it wasn't Gendry, it was going to be Podrick or something. She can't handle Podrick. Let's, <laughs> let's be honest. The people who know about Podrick, no. No, I'll bring that old chestnut back. Uh, Podrick is, if every, if all the characters took their pants off, people would start calling Podrick the mountain. Or try Podrick. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, so I argued that um, it was not fan service because of Macy Williams having control over what she showed. I was blown off and dismissed completely, and I'm not saying it's because I'm a white male, but it probably is because... Uh, don't get me wrong. As a white male, I, I should not be talking any shit against a, like, you know, what a woman's right to her body is. I agree with you. That is not my fucking place. But to dismiss someone who is actively trying to be an ally makes no fucking sense and hurts your cause. And that's what was going on here. But luckily for me, um, because the, the girl said that I, I, wasn't being clear about what my point is. Two people came and backed me up. Mel Swan, uh, who, who if you're in the Horror Corridor podcast, you know who she is. She's amazing. She came and backed me up, called the girl out for being dismissive, and and took my back. And then uh, Philip from Dark Discussions podcast, he also took my back and, uh, and, and went to fight. Because I clearly said in there, I'm not going to argue with you. We will not see eye to eye. For mental health reasons, I don't fight on Facebook. Period. It ruins my. It causes anxiety and it fucking ruins me. Don't do it. Won't happen. It can be tempting. Oh my god, it can. It be tempting. can be so. It has taken me so long to master it, uh, but I have mastered. I forgot to turn my volume on my fucking computer off. Bam! There we go. Fixed. <laughs> um, but it, it it can. But I've mastered it. I don't fight. I don't get into political arguments. Uh, I, if you want to have them, you can call me. I, I will talk to you about anything. I will, I will talk to you about chemtrails and Jesus and fucking, uh, the Warren commission. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> you want to talk about it? We'll talk about it. You probably know shit. I don't know. It'll be a great exchange of knowledge all for it. I don't fight on Facebook though. And, uh, my main point of this is don't dis dismiss allies. Even if you disagree with them. Because I, when I ended that conversation with her, I told her, I was like, we obviously aren't going to see eye to eye. I do agree with you on some things. I just don't agree with you on this. But she completely just dismissed me. It would be as if a, like, a, a, a gay guy was like, I'm not going to listen to you because you've never sucked a dick. It would be like that. And that makes no fucking sense. Be an ally. 
and don't get thrown away from being an ally because some asshole dismisses you because that's how we got Trump, to be honest. 80,000 votes split across three states. Yeah, I, I can't even do math, and, and, and that fucks me up. It, I'm really fucked up by the 12 or the 9% of people that voted for Obama and then voted for Trump. Oh, but it's because they hated Hillary. I promise you, because you look, Obama was a Democrat, but he was not he was not extremely anti-gun. Hillary is extremely anti-gun. So anyone who is a Democrat that was pro-gun will not vote for her, period. And I'm, I'm pro-gun. I am pro-Second Amendment. I, I, I do not want to take away people's guns. I do think we need, you know, to to do a little reform, figure out what's, you know, what we can do to make things better. But we're always going to have nut bags. We're always going to have nut cases. They're always going to be able to get guns because if you have money in America, you can make it fucking happen or you can rob someone and steal their guns or, you know, something like it's same thing as the war on drugs. It, it doesn't actually do anything. So I don't want to take away anyone's guns. Everyone can have their fucking guns. I just want to limit a few things, make it harder for people to do who can't get gun. Um, if you want to have a conversation with someone who knows a lot about this kind of shit, Kenneth from my podcast, Kill the Cast, he is extremely pro-gun. And uh, he is the kind of person that will, that if you come out as anti-gun, he will not vote for you. Not that I blame him. That's his big thing. Like my big thing is, is, I'm very anti-Christianity. That's kind of the thing that pisses me off the most is is things involving Christianity. His is guns. And I'm sure you have some. I'm sure there is something that, that you almost go blindsided over. Usually the, the anti-choice politicians. Which usually tie into, ding, 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 me, anti-Christianity. Like, it's usually some fucking Christian fuck who, who says that shit. Yeah, got to rile up yeah. the base and pretend like religion has any place in the government. It doesn't. Have your fucking religion. I'm okay with it. Keep it out of my government. Keep it out of government-sponsored stuff. You want your children to go to a Christian school? Private school. It's That's what it's fucking there for, okay? Not public school. Keep that shit. I, when I uh, graduated 10th grade, I got moved from South Carolina to Alabama. Uh, I was born in Alabama, so it's not like I didn't know where I was. It was but um, the school I went to for half that year because whole nother story but uh even the biggest goth kid in the school was a devout catholic i was the only like atheist there and i did everything i could because this is in dothan alabama that's an hour north of panama city beach florida it is deep south alabama and i did everything i could i would show up with shirts that had like uh, sayings like Christians murdered Indians, which is a corporate Avenger song. Or, you know, I would go in there and I would recite uh, yeah, just shit to piss them off. I refuse to stand for the Pledge of Allegiance. I would openly walk out of assemblies if they started doing anything religious. And you know what? I got my ass beat for it a lot. I got fucking cornered in bathrooms and the shit kicked out of me. And if you've seen my Facebook pictures, I'm a tiny fucking person. I'm 5'11 and I weigh 145 pounds. I have no muscle. The biggest part of my arm is my fucking elbow. You know, like, I got my fucking ass kicked all the time. The devil is amongst us. Stay back, boy. This calls for divine intervention. Yeah!
did was greatly make me hate Christianity more. And I know a lot about Christianity. I was raised, my grandfather, uh, you know, rest in peace, because he was he was a good man. I loved him and everything. He, he was Baptist, so he didn't actually touch children, uh, which is fantastic for me. <laughs> he raised me to be a preacher. I was supposed to become a preacher. And I wish I would have, because you know what? I'd be making fucking bank right now. <laughs> That's right. You know that Joel Olstein money. Yes, Joel Olstein. I would be the second coming of Joel Olstein. I would be a uh, what the Baptist like like instead of uh the uh Evan what the, how are they pronounced uh evangelical? evangelicals evangelical I usually just say Neon Genesis Evangelion oh right. um, <laughs> but I would be the Baptist form of that and I would be fucking loaded but instead I was like I can't really get behind you know slavery and racists and homophobias and stuff I couldn't do it. I'm I'm pro I'm pro gay, I'm pro abortion, I'm pro suicide, I am pro guns, I am pro live your fucking life. As long as you don't hurt anyone, keep it in your fucking yard. Alas. There you go. See, I was you, raised Catholic until I got to choose. And so I was got uh touched, what you're saying. <laughs> no, my priest actually didn't like kids. Oh, he went. He went to jail for embezzling money from the church. Because ah, he was probably he, you had to embezzle, dude. Do you know how much it costs to get a furry outfit? Fucking expensive. <laughs> he had to do that shit. Yeah, and the priest that took over after that was almost definitely gay, so he was like a hundred percent less likely to be a pedophile. Oh my god, I would love a gay fucking Catholic preacher to be like, okay, guys, we're going to talk about the Virgin Mary. Oh my god, it, dude, it would be great fucking love it um i'm sure there's a south park episode somewhere maybe maybe the one where butters got sent to the conversion therapy camp where everybody was killing themselves or when butters actually befriended the catholic priest and everyone worried about the catholic priest fucking kids including the catholic priest Now, now what greater gift could the lord have given to us Children's underwear, which priests couldn't pull down so easily. Okay, let's, let's try and compose ourselves. Let's try and just get through this first one, okay, guys? What does it mean that the Lord gave us his only begotten son? It means if you're a cute boy at a Catholic priest swimming party, you better be getting... Spoiler alert, giant spiders. Or something like Was that what it was? What do you end uh, up at the Vatican? something i don't even fucking remember it it, i watched it last year but it was (laughs) i i I love just taking any shot i can at catholics go for it that's the that's the easiest religion for me to make fun of because i came from it why are y'all giving money to rebuild fucking notre dame catholics have the money they have like 40 billion dollars do you the, know how the church rich does. Fucking Vatican is exactly like all these billionaires. Are like we're gonna help rebuild this fucking famous architectural. It is. I'm. Mean, it is very famous. It is a great piece of history. I would only accept it being burnt down if it was promotion for a Norwegian death metal band. I'm sorry, black metal band. Don't burn my house down now. Uh, <laughs> Like, but don't, they have enough fucking money because they don't have to actually fight in courtrooms about them fucking children. They don't have to spend that money. They've got the money. Don't spend that money on things that are important. Like, I don't know, Flint, Michigan or fucking 
actual relief for everyone who got fucked by mother nature these past year put it towards i don't know climate change let's let's put it towards shit that fucking matters not building a fucking old church back <laughs> i don't know I, I guess these were mostly european billionaires but some uh supposed white supremacists burned down three histor- historical black churches in the south there you go fucking go let's rebuild those because you know what rebuilding notre dame kind of goes against the fact that it was you know historical when you rebuild it it's now just a replica it's not authentic no one gives a shit about that for these fucking black churches that were burned so let's build those and build them better let's make them fucking dope something that can withstand what happens in the first purge yeah don't get me wrong i'm still very much against them and their church in fact I, i Okay, controversial statement. You might even edit this out. <laughs> oh, this this might be a first. Um, why are black people Christians? You were literally you were made that religion because it made you behave better as slaves. The Bible in the Old Testament, in the book of Leviticus, says it's okay to beat your slave. As long as they can stand up the next day. The Bible is not your friend. It is it is something that white supremacist and and that fucking white hierarchy is always going to use to keep people under control, including African Americans who were forced into that religion and because of fucking brainwashing and tradition cannot escape it and cannot let it go. If you've watched, uh, you watched, you watched Trigger Warning with Killer, oh, with Mike, Killer Mike. Yeah. He did a whole episode on it, and he explained it better than fucking you. In fact, his whole fucking church asleep talking about you find uh, God inside yourself, that's Satanism. That is literally, Satanism is there is no God, there is no devil, you are your own God. And I just, I just don't understand why, how, like, I don't understand how black people are Christians, I don't understand how homosexuals are christians i don't understand if you're a feminist how you can be a christian yeah the bible was pretty much used to oppress just about everybody (laughs) everyone except me i'm a white male i i don't get oppressed by much of fucking anything until the oppressors find out that i i i'm not into their shit then they oppress me with with multiple kicks to the stomach for jesus yeah, but if I just shut up, no one knows. And I and I that's like and and that is systematic racism. I don't have systematic racism because I can just shut the fuck up and not have to deal with it. But if you're black, you have to deal with it no matter what. So anyone who who thinks that systematic racism doesn't exist, if you don't understand that basic explanation, I can't fucking help you. It's it's hard to understand. <laughs> that uh, some people can overlook that. I, I mean, it's not hard to understand. I, I would rather maybe say it's difficult to fathom sometimes. Yes. I completely understand how they do it. You know, when you're in power, it's not that fucking hard. Yeah. When, when you're in power, equality, what's the when the quote, when you're in power, equality feels like oppression. Yeah. Mo- morals are either a matter of time or pride. Period. So, 
it comes down to one of those. And when you're on top, you've got a lot of time and a lot of pride. If you can't tell, I am here with Jerry from Kill the Cast. And we are talking about Battle Royale. <laughs> we didn't do an introduction or anything. But I appreciate it. You just let me rant for like almost 30 minutes straight. And, and now people will like hate me because I'm pro-gun. So it's fantastic. No, there's some pro-gun people. I'm in the middle. I'm open to debate just about any anything that was created after the Second Amendment was ratified. And any, anything before that, I have no questions asked. <laughs> <laughs> you can wheel a cannon down the street. Go for it. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. That, like, if you can get it to work, like, that's going to, like... Problem is, is I don't think that's going to cause death, but you're going to ruin someone's life because you're going to like take out a leg or something, and you're going to reduce their quality of life. Yeah, the Civil War doctors sawing off shattered legs. Yeah, like it's like I, I'm one of those weird people that like I would there in a lot of options I would rather die than lose quality of life. I don't think I'm strong enough to be in a wheelchair or to be blind or to be deaf or mute. Maybe I could probably do with mute. I would learn to sign language really fast. <laughs> I mean, we don't even have to talk about the movie. We can talk like this for another hour and we are fine. <laughs> but I did so much research. <laughs> that is true. That is true. So I guess we will tie our discussion about oppression. And outrage culture. And outrage culture into because... battle royale uh we will take a quick break we will come back and we will have a discussion a little bit more centered on the thing that was in the title of where wherever you downloaded this from are you terrified by real life us too you like horror movies us too then join maddie and andrew your co-host for a new podcast that explores horror in real life and horror in the movies and all with a fresh and fabulous gay perspective we are a proud member of the legion podcast network you can find us on itunes stitcher soundcloud and facebook or wherever your favorite podcasts are found we're friday the 13th Yeah, 
podcast and or song i think it was but i yeah, put it I in there heard so. that in, in real <laughs> lifetime exactly i'm professional over here but we are getting back to business and talking about well it, it came out in 2000 and i'm sure you're gonna have some stuff to add to this but it came out in 2000 but it didn't come to the states for about 10 years mm-hmm. um, fucking toei it is a dystopian thriller. If you're not familiar with Battle Royale, it's a dystopian thriller based off of a book of the same name. Uh, did the manga come before or after the movie? Uh, I want to actually say it came after, but, in it, but it does follow the book way more than the movie does. It is where well, I kept trying to, i meant to write it down exactly what it was but it's one of those movies sort of like running man or something like that where it's in the future so yeah so um in the future japan is part of this new organization that's like eastern asian republic or some shit um and basically the government has is all the old men in the country are pissed off that the teenagers are rebellious and they won't get off their lawn and you know they do all this shit and they're not um actively trying to be productive members of society like you see in traditional japan so with um teenage law breaking happening and then skipping school and and, and criminal activity and shit like this they decide to uh, have something called the BR Act, um, which is, you know, the Battle Royale Act. Um, you'll see it in, in two years when it happens in America, and it's called the Fortnite Act. <laughs> and we implement that to kill everyone. Uh, but yeah, the most popular game nowadays right now are Battle Royales, and they are named after this. They are named after Battle Royale, like... Whether y'all have made that connection or not, this is it. Yeah, I've never played Fortnite. Neither have I because I have self-respect. <laughs> <laughs> Danny Trioxin, if you're if you're listening to this, only some offense meant. Yeah, um, <laughs> I don't know. That name does sound like he could beat my ass. He's the the host of uh, Midnight Horror Show. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, the Battle Royale Act. So it what it does is it basically randomly selects a ninth grade class uh, to be put on an island and they are forced to kill themselves. Well, kill each other. 
and or kill yourself. You're allowed to do that. Um, you basically have three days to be the last person surviving. You are given a duffel bag that is filled with food, water, a map, a pen, and one randomly selected weapon that can be anything from the lid to a pot yeah. or a fucking AR-15. You know, whatever. How did he spend yourself against a man armed with a banana? Catch! Now, it's quite simple to deal with a banana fiend. First of all, you force him to drop the banana. Then, you eat the banana, thus disarming him. You have now rendered him helpless. Suppose he's got a bunch. Shut up! Suppose he's got a pointed stick. Shut up! Right, now you, Mr. Apricot. Harrison. Sorry, Mr. Harrison, cover me with that banana. Come on, be as vicious as you like with it. Come on, attack me, come on. Now, 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 put something into it, for God's sake, hold the banana like that. That's better, now scream. <coughs> Good, right, now, attack me. Come on, man, attack me. <coughs> Next, I eat the banana. Them's the bricks. Oh, exactly. So you basically, they put these metal rings around your neck that have a uh, bomb on it. It also checks your heart rate. It has a microphone in it so they can listen to you. And uh, if you, if, if, if everyone decided that we're just not going to fight, they would just blow up everyone and kill everybody. So you can either fight to survive or you can all die. Uh, which in that case, almost anyone is going to, you know, end up killing someone. Uh, they also have uh, the island that they are on um, that they forced. The, if you read the manga or the book, you like to find out that they actually kicked everyone off that um, island. Like the book gets really into like how the government fucked over a lot of people to do this. Um, they kicked off everyone on the island, and they have the island like in quadrants. And once every hour, a quadrant becomes a danger zone. And if you're in that danger zone, your necklace goes off and you die. It blows out your fucking throat. So you have to keep moving and um, try to kill people or not kill people and however you want to. But that's the, that's the Battle Royale Act. And it's televised. It's it's a huge thing uh, there. They get tons of ratings. Um, the, the island is loaded with fucking cameras and shit. And they're pretty much recording everything. You saw borrowed heavily in the Hunger Games. Yeah, I, I don't even know if I want to get into that. The author said she had never heard of Battle Royale. Had never heard of Battle Royale. Now, I, I could kind of understand that because in America, you know, it didn't come out on DVD until what, 2011, 2012? Sometime around then, yeah. At least 2010. It, it, it got very, it, it really didn't get much theatrical screenings or anything. Um, so I could kind of understand if she had never heard of Battle Royale. But if you're writing a book, I feel at some point you research stuff. And I feel at some point she would have typed in something that would have brought her to Battle Royale. 
The book was obviously the first part of any of that, and that came out in 2008. So, yeah, Battle Royale had been out in Japan and other places for eight years. Yeah, and that's just the 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 movie. The book ha- had came out before then. One or two years, right? Uh, yes. I don't remember how many years, but it, it, was, it was after 95, I'm sure. 1999 novel. So it came out a year before. So, I mean, still, like, it was out, you know, eight, nine years before hers came out. In the, you know, at least two or three years she was researching and writing all that, you would assume she would have came across it. But she claimed she didn't. Not much we can really do. I mean, uh, maybe it's, I don't know, how, what is it? There's four, four classic stories. Uh, maybe Maybe the fifth one is... The youth forced to kill each other for the benefit of the old. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the the thing is though, it's because it's, it's basically Lord of the Flies, except government sponsored. Like, if you type in Lord of the Flies but government sponsored, you get Battle Royale. How did she not come across that? I haven't watched that movie in a while. I couldn't tell you if I actually ever read the book or I just think I read the book. Uh yeah, I read the book when I was in school. I, I honestly couldn't tell you much about it at this point i like i can tell you more about the outsiders than i can lord of the flies i've probably read the outsiders more times yeah i'm trying to stay gold pony boy (laughs) ain't no rumble rumble without me exactly speaking of rumble battle royale why not why not use that as a segue so the the girl that was the winner of the first one in the movie is that the one that ended up being go go and kill bill i not i know you're not the biggest no um I, I'm not a fan of Kill Bill, but uh, the girl who played uh, the chick who ran, who wore the yellow jumpsuit in the movie, she's the one that went on to play a character in Kill Bill. She played, go, yeah, Go-Go in Kill Bill. But yeah, no, the chick that ran, that um, at the was running at the shrine, and her ex-boyfriend showed up and was like, and she's like, you told everyone we fucked, and we didn't. And he's like... Come on, let's fuck. We're about to die. And she's like, no, go fuck yourself. And so he's just like, well, I guess I'm going to rape you. And she's like, I will castrate you here and now. Okay. <laughs> That's my ex- explanation of that scene. No, that that works. It had been a while since I had watched this. I've actually seen the second one more recently, but I don't remember it as well. Yeah, that movie's forgettable. I mean, same screenwriter. Um, and it was supposed to be directed by the same guy, uh, the guy who wrote it, uh, his father is the one who directed Battle Royale. He wrote it. His father directed it. He, they went to go make number two. He wrote it. His dad was going to direct it. Uh, he filmed one scene and then died of prostate cancer. And so the son then took over directing and it's a fine movie. It's just, it's not, it just doesn't work very well. I guess since it was based off a book, how far did the film stray? Uh, for the most part, it hits basically everything. There are small differences. Like in the book, almost every character gets fleshed out, even if they're going to die in like two pages. They'll get a whole background and then they die two pages later. Like the book almost wastes a lot of time doing it. But this, the general idea still completely there. Um, there are differences. Like the big difference is, uh, in the movie, your big bad guy, uh, the transfer student, the guy with the punk hair. Yes. 
in the book, he is not a transfer student. He is a student that goes there who uh, is a leader of a gang. Um, in fact, he's actually amazing at everything because he got into a car accident that caused brain damage, which made him lose all empathy, but made him amazing at everything he did. So, like, if you take, like, when you see him on the island in the mo- in the movie and he's caught by all, by that, other, by those group of kids and then he kills them all, in the book, he tells all of it, well, when they're all leaving the school every two minutes, he tells them all where to meet. He writes them a little note, tells them all to meet there. As they show up one by one, he kills them so he can take all the weapons. He kills his own gang that he was the leader of. These, and, and in the book... They would have died for him. Like, they would have willingly died for him. That's how much they loved him. Uh, but he killed them all and took their weapons. He's fucking ruthless. Just like he is in the movie. Oh, but he's more of the quiet, calm, silent, strong type. But, yeah, the basic principle... There's small character changes uh, and differences. Like, in the book, our main character... Uh, uh, fucking... All right. I'm really bad at, at Japanese names. Okay. Um, but uh, Shuya Nahara, our main character, he, his dad doesn't commit suicide in the book. He's been an orphan since he was like five. Him and his uh, best friend, uh, Nubo, 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 what was his fucking name? It was like Nuba or something. Nobu. Nobu. Him and Nobu are have been friends since they were like in the orphanage in fact like there's a big like how nobu dies in the book is because when the teacher who is not their teacher he is a government official in the book has no ties to them whatsoever he's just a fucking asshole he basically tells them how when they're the woman who ran their orphanage pitched a fit that they took them he raped and murdered her Fuck. And Nobu gets pissed off, and he shoots Nobu in the fucking face. And uh, and but other than that, it's a lot of small differences. Uh, the girl that that is the main chick that they both love, uh, Noriko oh. Nakagawa. Nakaga- I would say Nakagawa. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she gets shot in the leg in the manga. Oh, instead slash of slashed with the tiny scythe on the arm yeah. or whatever. Um, yeah. And and. Kawada, he is a transfer student. He is there because, and he was like, in the movie, they kind of make it seem like they literally took him and put him uh, there afterwards. But in the book, he actually was in that school. He got moved into that school. uh, And it was just unlucky that he got caught and put back in there again. Man, I really think I'm going to check the book out. It's really good, but I have a, I had a hard time with it because of everyone's names. I'm not good with with Japanese names. I kind of have to make, uh, like, key. I have to like give them nicknames so I can remember who they are. I took Spanish in high school and college, so I always have a issue with trying to pronounce things like they're in Spanish, no matter what the <laughs> language is. So I really get fucked up pronouncing less Germanic or uh, Latin based. Yeah, words. I just can't do any other language. I'm just hoping everyone else keeps learning English. 
If you were in Battle Royale, how long do you think you would last? I guess that is uh, kind of an unfair question. Like, ideally, you want to be like, oh, I would never do that. I wouldn't play the game. How do you fuck? All morals go out the fucking window when your classmate is chasing you with a machete. Can't we try something else? Like someone who attacks you with a pointed stick. Pointed stick? Because at that point, it's it's survival. At that point, is it murder? When it's survival, it's self-defense. You could actively play the game by doing everything in defense. You don't go seek out people, but when they come to you, you kill them. You could play the game that way where it's almost complete self-defense, but then you have to spend the rest of your life justifying it. It's it's really fucked up thought exercise. How long do you think it would take before you tried to figure out how to get the collar off? Would that be like the first thing you did after finding a good place to hide? Or do you think you would just accept that there's the collar? I would accept it because I don't have any skill or know-how on where to even start trying to get that thing off. So I would accept that right off the bat. In fact, I most like it. Like, ideally, I would accept that I was going to die. And I would just hide and wait until it blew my fucking head off. Um, as someone who's who, who uh, has attempted suicide in the past year, I think I'm okay with dying. And I think I would rather die than have to deal with you know the nightmares and how my life would be how psychologically i would be ruined and the the ptsd i would have to deal with at killing all these fucking people at best i would sit there and hope there was some like chick who was with me who was like let's just go hide somewhere and fuck for the rest of the time or hell in that situation i'll take a dude fuck it whatever let's go let's just go and, (laughs) and do weird depraved sexual shit to each other uh until our heads blow off maybe right after we orgasm it pops and we die that'd be great i'm fine with that make sex not war exactly like but it's either that or i would just go ahead and commit suicide one of the two i would i would you know play uh you know you're right by nirvana and and i would you know cobain the shit on myself Right there, or I would wait for Court Love to show up and kill me. <laughs> One of the two. Oh yeah, what is Courtney Love doing nowadays? Getting fucking rich off Kurt Cobain's name. But I got a question for you. Yeah. So, one at the beginning of this movie, all the kids kind of freak out when they find out they're in battle royale but they almost act like they have no idea what's going on. Like they've never heard of battle royale. Even though it's well publicized, it's a media event, but they all kind of act like they don't know what the fuck it is. Do you think that that's just them in shock and not wanting to believe it? I I think it's a little bit of that and a little bit maybe part of the commentary about the disconnection of youth to society is that they're so self-absorbed that they didn't even think about it. Right answer, because that leads to my next question. How does the Battle Royale Act actually help teenagers if they are so disconnected that they don't even know what the fuck the Battle Royale Act is, even if it's a publicized event? You know, I was thinking about that, and I I think like a lot of this, uh, like a lot of 
ideas of the government. It is more likely than not that it was for the benefit of the people in the government more than it was for the people that they're saying it's helping. They just watched Sallow, the 120 days of Saddam, and was just like, this could be fun. Yeah, because, I mean, if it's population control, killing 40 kids a year doesn't really... And maybe it does put a couple of kids on the straight and narrow who pay attention to that kind of shit. Because, like, in the movie, they make it seem like the BR Act has been going on for a couple of years. But in the book, the BR Act has been going on for at least 10 years. Yeah, in the book, they know what the fuck is going on. It's a legit thing. Everyone knows about it. And since it's 15-year-olds, even the youngest people yeah, like, were, like, five when the law passed. Correct. Like, they're, uh, you know how uh, at the beginning of this we see the girl who, who wins, and they're like, she's smiling, she's smiling. In the book-slash-manga, that is televised on TV during a children's cartoon. <laughs> uh, or not necessarily a cartoon, but, like, an Ultraman show. Okay. Um, And... Shuya and Nobu are watching said show when it is broken up for the important announcement of the winner. And they see her on TV, her being carried out. And it looks like her jaw is basically like fucking missing. So like she's smiling, but it's all like covered in blood and shit. Like they at five years old, they stop a show for children to broadcast that. Which shows you that that in the book, uh, they do a better job of showing that the government is actually using this to to scare straight the children. That would make a lot more sense because if you're not using it as a deterrent, then it's just catharsis for old government men. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So that's the one thing I do think the movie kind of fucks up on is it doesn't quite show the importance of what the government's doing. But they also kind of almost take the government out of it a little bit by having their seventh grade teacher come back. Like, oh, you stabbed me in the ass. I'm going to stab you in the ass. Yeah, pretty much. Like, it's very weird. Um, And then he's got this obsession with uh, the main chick, Nakagawa, which goes into one of the things I I research and want to talk about. There's another character, uh, Misuko. Like, she, in the book and, like, manga, she actively, like, leads a group of bad girls and they, like, prostitute themselves and do drugs and shit like that. Um, She's the one that's got the scythe. Okay. Her. So, they have that flashback in there where they show her mother uh, selling her to uh, a man, a pedophile. I am about to drop some, some knowledge on you. That's going to freak you out. Japan did not ban the marketing and selling of child pornography until 1999. 1999. 1999. You could you could buy and sell child pornography in Japan. Well, no, you couldn't make it, but you could buy it and sell it until 1999. Um, now, they banned buying and selling it. They did not ban owning it. Owning it was not banned until 2014, and even then, you got a one-year grace period before you could get in trouble with it. And punishment was only up to one year in prison or up to a $10,000 fine. Now, so let's go, let's go to late 2017, early 2018. 
Creator of popular manga and anime, uh, Roni Kenshin. I don't know if you know what Roni Kenshin is, but it's very fucking popular. He got busted with uh, over 15 DVDs of child pornography showing girls that range from 10 to 15 years old. So, like, 15 DVDs of girls ranging from 10 to 15 year olds. He admitted he did not like girls older than 14. Do you want to know what his punishment was? Six months in jail. Nope. A $2,000 fine. Of course. Yeah. So now Japan has been actively trying to break their uh, association with pedophilia. Um, It was once known as the civilized haven for pedophiles. Um, The sexualization of children. Like um, a lot of people might know that Lollicon is a big thing there. And Lollicon is the anime version of little girls. Um, Shotokan is the anime version of little boys. Um, and it's used in hentai, which is anime pornography, um, and all that. And that's still all completely legal. And technically that kind of, cause it falls under art. So they, they have a whole thing like, but the reason I bring this up is the government is that lax on pedophilia and child pornography. Yet they gave this movie the equivalent of a almost NC, actually the basic equivalent to an NC-17 in America because they thought this movie was harmful to teenagers. Right, it had that thing at the beginning about nobody in the theater, this nobody over under 15 could see it, right? Correct. And in Japan, where nudity can be shown on regular TV and you can get fine two grand no well keep in mind when this movie came out you could own pedophilia you could own child pornography when this movie came out in japan and they said that this fucking movie was harmful to teenagers you know we talked about how this movie was not really seen in america because it didn't come out till almost 10 years later now, the reason that is, is because the Columbine shooting happened in 1999, and American lawyers told Toei, the people that owned it, that if they put this out, they would get sued. They might even get arrested. <laughs> that there's no way this would pass the MPAA at all. Even if you cut it to it barely existing, the MPAA would not allow this movie to be shown. I don't know if that's true or not. I definitely don't think they would have been sued. No one would have been fucking arrested. Right. MPAA might have shut this down. Uh, I've only seen one real documentary about the MPAA that uh, this film is not yet rated, which I know has its own slant. But I I feel like with the MPAA, it just depends on what movie studio is backing (laughs) backing Uh, the movie. Yeah. And trust me, a lot of movie studios did go after this movie, um, at least for home distribution. But Toei had all these rules and regulations with it and wanted out an outrageous amount of money because they were so scared of it, of, of them getting in legal trouble over it, that they just decided, let's just put a huge price tag on it. So it's technically for sale, but no one would buy it. And it was not until... Many years later that they actually struck a deal with Anchor Bay for it to come out in America. That guy getting a $2,000 fine, that makes me think of... Have you have you followed any of the uh, Jeffrey Epstein thing here in America? 
Sounds familiar. Give me a refresher. Uh, Florida f- money guy. Um, he's, he's is he re- the Democrat that ha- is he the Democrat that keeps having gay dudes overdose in his house? No, no. Uh, oh, okay. This guy was uh, arrested for having people would bring you know thirteen, fourteen year old girls over to his house for rich people sex parties, and. He was facing a lot of charges. He had a lot of um, accusers for, you know, sexual assault and statutory rape and stuff like that. And his lawyer had this awesome deal with the prosecutor that got him to plead guilty to one charge and get 18 months in prison. And uh, the case is getting reexamined now, but the prosecutor that made that deal behind the backs of the victims and the victims were supposed to have updates and, you know, briefings about everything that's going on in the case. But that prosecutor is in the Trump cabinet right now. Oh, of course he is. It's that literally sounds like a fucking, uh, have you ever heard of the Franklin cover up? Uh, it sounds familiar, but tell me and tell us. If you listen to last podcast on left, they covered it in like, part two or three of their uh, 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 satanic government thing. But the Franklin cover-up was this thing that happened where um, uh, I can't remember what state it was, but the town was Franklin, and and it's somewhere like in the Midwest. It's Kansas or Kentucky or some shit like that. Uh, There was this black Republican guy who was basically uh, running a child prostitution ring for higher-ups in the government. Where oh, yeah. he would have like like and and all the kids who eventually went to like court for it, they uh, either died mysteriously, disappeared, or decided not to testify. And the two people that testified, a boy and a girl, ended up going to jail for perjury for standing up against the molestations and rape that happened to them by people in our fucking government. There's a story the boy tells about what happened to him at the place he described basically sounds like it happened in Bohemian Grove. Okay. Where, like, like it is so fucked. I don't even want to say it on your show because it borderlines going into, like, uh, a scene in a Serbian film. Worse than a scene in a Serbian film. Like it's, it's fucked up. And the girl said the same thing. And, and another kid was going to step up, but his brother ended up being found dead in a river. So he didn't testify. And then another kid was going to testify, but he was taken to the, the judge's room. And when he came out, he said he would not testify. And later told him, he goes, I'm not testifying because they said I would go to jail for testifying. Nothing like a little witness tampering. Yes, exactly. And like there is a book out there called The Frank Cover Up, cover up uh, or you can go listen to the uh, last podcast on the left coverage of it, which is fantastic. Uh, it's in their like three part series of Satanism in the government. Um, and it's not real Satanism, but like they Satan, like the 90s Satanic Panic kind of thing or 80s, 90s, um, like the West Memphis three kind of shit. And it's fucking awful shit. But that like what you described, basically, it sounds like that it sounds like and and i believe it because look at the shit our government did with uh um uh fuck what's that thing called ultra mk uh, ultra mk ultra the shit they did with mk ultra 
which, you know, is not as bad as like what the Nazis did in Auschwitz or what the Japanese did with uh, Camp uh, 737 or whatever oh, it is. Was it Unit 731? Is that what it <laughs> yeah, was? Unit, yeah, Unit 731. Like, what we did is nowhere near as bad as what they did. But you look at the shit that we did in MK Ultra, and that shit's got facts to back it up and prove it. Yeah, declassified documents and shit. Yeah, and we only got, like, the the, the surface-level shit that didn't get destroyed. Everything else got destroyed. They've admitted that most of the shit that happened, all the, all the proof is destroyed. We got, like, one box of files compared to the hundreds that were destroyed because that you goes know? back to what what was it called before that project bluebird or something like that it, it was a evolution of the program yeah they, uh, they were constantly doing fucked up shit to us and, and and battle royale is an extension of that the government doing whatever they want to us just with br battle royale they're doing it in public because they have the power to do it in public because they're not a democracy or a republic, even though, funny enough, they call themselves a republic in the book. <laughs> yeah, they like to take words and use them for things that they aren't. Yeah. but So Battle Royale, they have, they have a thing, but it's just hilarious to me that the government, the Japanese government, and people, not the American government, but people in America thought that this movie would be harmful to teenagers when like no one was going around going you know don't let Gigi Allen perform here it's bad for teenagers <laughs> like I like it's but it's it's hilarious to me and it's weird to me that that they Japan was so scared of the rebellion that this movie could have caused and it made a shit ton of money. It was the best grossing Japanese film of 2000, even with it being restricted. I think it's still in the top 10. It probably fucking is. This movie is, at one point in my notes, I literally just stopped and wrote, Jesus, this movie is depressing, but goddamn is it good. And, and that's probably why I. it's not one of those movies that I just casually pop on. Every time I watch it, I'm glad it's, I did. It's amazing. It's one of the there's a part of me that's kind of glad we're not going into the details of this movie because as hardcore as we should for someone reviewing a movie, because we're talking about everything surrounding the movie and it's kind of like, how would you not want to watch this movie? It deals with with teenage ninth graders having to decide, you know, do you kill, do you die? Do you choose suicide? Do you choose to fight against the government? Do you choose to fight against your peers? What do you do when you're put in a situation where you don't even get a chance to make that decision? It's it's fight or flight. It's live or die right here and right now because he's got a fucking axe and he is running directly towards you. Screaming math problems, like that one guy. <laughs> Screaming fucking math problem, but like it's crazy. Like, um, like there's even a scene where the 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 slutty chick, the one with the scythe, like it shows her putting on her clothes and leaving a room where she where she killed two of her classmates on this island, and they're naked. It was a sexy death. 
and trust me, there are very sexy deaths in the book and the manga. Um, if you don't want to read the the manga or you don't want to read the book, the manga is extremely close. Um, you just don't get a lot of the like intricate details, but okay. it's very very close. It's it's a bit more actiony and exciting version of it. But if you want to see how fucked up like the government is, they do kind of cover that in the manga, and they do kind of kind of cover the more uh social drama of being a high school student on and inside of being stuck in a fucking death game yeah so uh hopefully you've if you're if you've made it this far (laughs) dear listener you're familiar with at least some version of this story but if not you could definitely do yourself a favor whatever you got to do i can't remember how i got my hands on the movie but i'm definitely yeah, the... going to be getting my hands on at least the manga if not both the manga and the book yeah and if you know where to look you can get the manga you can read the manga online there are special editions out there now that kind of collected into bigger volumes instead of like the 20 no it wasn't 26 it's not super long i think there's like 100 chapters which there's like six chapters per manga volume but it's really good you can find it all out there and and the book should not be expensive it is it's a fucking thick book though because like i said they go in depth on characters and and what they're like uh, like who they are and what they are even though they die the next page is there anything that we didn't touch on about battle royale before we either go Uh, off on another tangent or wrap up there honestly there's so much you literally can talk about you can go into so many characters um, I will say this. I am normally a pro-dub person. I watch English dubs of almost fucking everything. Do not watch the English dub of Battle Royale. It is some of the worst voice acting out there. <laughs> it is fucking awful. Watch the Japanese. I literally... Bo- I recorded Sunday, two days ago, with Bowen Court to cover a Japanese movie from the 60s. The English dub for that is a thousand times better than the Battle Royale dub. So, unfortunately, you can watch it with the English dub. Just don't expect good voice acting. It's not, like, laughable, horrible. It's just dull and not... It doesn't feel like it has emotion. So, if you're going... going this is when I will say, watch the original subtitled version. But you can get the Blu-ray. It's out there. It's not that expensive, whether you get the Anchor Bay one uh there's also a double pack of the of both movies together and then if you go the route that i actually uh unfortunately i haven't got it in yet but because we were doing this and i watched my anchor bay one i was like fuck it i'm ordering the arrow one <laughs> i ordered the arrow blu-ray which i read is region free but I, I will check that when it gets in cool i've got both players but my headphones only work on my my region one yeah i know you you're region free because i sent you that um big trouble little china you arrow blu-ray and another blu-ray because you admitted that you didn't own the movie and i was ashamed of you 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 were ashamed of me and i will own my shame and say that i did not own a proper copy of jaws and i fixed that people because jaws is my favorite movie of all time i had a scratched up burnt dvd that i got from a guy i worked with at a gas station once the, the disrespect <laughs> the, the the fact that you had a bootleg copy 
from a gas station friend. Would you just go in there and be like, let me get a zebra cake and <laughs> uh, that bootleg copy of Jaws? Yeah, that's what I want. Yeah, no, he was, uh, I think he was technically my manager at the gas station. Okay, um, quick explanation story. One time when I got back from tour with my band, we left right when our lease ran out. So I was living in our practice space for a little while. And down the street, there was a gas station. And I got a job there and started saving up money to move back out of the practice space. Uh, my One of my coworkers had a crush on my bass player. And for some reason, that drove him to just randomly give me movies. Um, I can see that. I mean, I don't get someone having a crush on a bass player, but I, get <laughs> I, I, can, I, I can see the free movies part. Yeah, so he'd just be like, hey, here's this. Take this. Okay, cool. I'll tell Ken you said hi. Huh. Okay. <laughs> uh, but yes, enough. it was very disrespectful to Jaws, and you helped me remedy that. Yeah. And I think speaking openly about it, to the dozens and dozens of you who listen to this show, if if you have a, a Jaws deficiency, it can be fixed. There's help. There's help for you out there. Yeah, you can literally get the Blu-ray for like ten dollars, and it's amazing. <laughs> like I don't understand. Like I don't understand how you don't have it. It makes no sense. But I did remember one last thing on Battle Royale. I wanted to bring up. Please. Um, ja- Japan is very big on the world being disconnected about people being disconnected and how we can find how we need to find ourselves and the importance of friendship. You see it in battle Royale. uh, You see it in suicide club. You see it in um, the Japanese version of Pulse, which is called Kakrio, Kakiro, some shit with a K that it starts with a K and ends with an O. But you see this a lot where you are dis where the, the, the Japanese people feel disconnected from something they're disconnected from other people they're disconnected from their family they're disconnected from their jobs they're disconnected from happiness um and they they find a big importance on having for as you're younger you're supposed to like the friendships you have when you're younger are very important japanese is very big on showing whenever they show teenagers they always show teenagers um, and how important friendship is to them, which we do in America also, but not to the extent that they do. But the reason they do that is to show how disconnected they become as adults. Hmm. Um, and that's something you will see in Battle Royale. You will see the the kids all talking about how glad they are to have the friendships they have. And then you'll go and like look at uh, the uh, teacher, uh, Kitano, and how disconnected he is with the students and his daughter, his family, just uh, uh, even the army people around him. Yeah. <laughs> He's so disconnected. And and it's almost as if like this like the director of this movie talked about he the reason he felt so tied to the subject matter is when he was younger during World War II, him and his class were forced to work in an ammunition factory. And that ammunition factory ended up getting attacked. And whoever survived had to bury their classmates and then go back to work at this ammunition factory. Like, like that was the government imposing on them. But, and that's why he felt so, so strong about it. But I also want to say just Japan in general 
has this big thing because of how traditional they are and how bad, like they have really bad suicide rates because uh, it's so hard to get into schools there. If it's so like, like overworking is something that like is just a common thing. You were supposed to work yourself until you, you know, pass out at your desk and that's looked at as a good thing. Like working, you know, 60, 70 hours a week is common. Um, but it makes them so disconnected from everything because they try so hard to get into the best schools and then to get into the best jobs that ultimately more ruin their life because they're following this tradition of pride. And so for students, it caused them to rebel and not want to do that. And that's why like otaku culture grew so big there because all these kids couldn't handle the pressure and that's why you got do you know what a, a, a hikamori is no so a hikamori is a person who uh basically cannot get a job cannot do like they basically are shut in they like just they're, they're like it's a lot of times tied with otakus which are basically just japanese nerds um but it's not necessarily limited to that but it's basically their parents like pay for their apartment because they can't get a job because they can't function in society because the pressure is too much for them and they just can't deal with it. Like, like to be honest, if American, some of the, of some of us kids in America, if we had to grow up under the pressure of Japanese culture, we would have such high suicide rates. It would be bad. Um, but Japan has a high suicide rate for adults because of it so it's 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 very interesting it's something to keep in mind when you watch a lot of japanese stuff um because you can kind of see this tie-in with a lot of things in their uh storytelling so yeah that's 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 what i have to say no thank thank you for for adding that i think that's a poignant note to go out on please tell people where they could find you well kill the cast is on the legion podcast network which means you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, uh, Stitcher, Google Play, uh, pretty much if it ha- if it hosts podcasts, I try to make sure we are on there. You, you can even listen to us on YouTube if you want. And on our YouTube, I also make videos on there that you can enjoy. Like, did you know that there was a Pumpkinhead computer game? And at the oh, end of that computer game, you get, see, you get to see Pumpkinhead <laughs> dancing in sneakers. Big old Chuck Taylors, aren't they? Or are they something yeah, else? Yeah, they're, they're <laughs> fucking gigantic sneakers. Um, but I do videos like that. Um, and uh, for Kill the Cast, we typically do uh, shows where we review one movie and then also go on tons of tangents. I'm just really good at ranting and tangents. So if you're listening you to this, here, you like tangents. Yeah, pretty much. Uh but we'll cover like one movie. Then we also have a uh, a my favorite thing is uh, we do is called horror coliseum, where we take two movies that are very similar and we uh, make them battle each out by scoring them based off fifteen categories. We recently just did Friday the Thirteenth versus Nightmare on Elm Street, the first uh, seven movies against each other plus the remakes, and it was long. And I'm so glad we're done with that. <laughs> Because uh, holy shit, I am so sick and tired of fucking Freddy Krueger. I'm not a fan of Freddy Krueger. Talking about my a fellow Ohioan. Okay, let's. There, I'm sure 
If you're gonna, there's more important things that came out of Ohio, like Hawthorne Heights. That's better than Freddy Krueger. Okay. I think Trent Reznor's from here. Yeah, there you go. You got Devo. Ohio is for lovers. Whip it and head like a hole. You're you're set. Yeah, horror coliseum. We fucking uh, <laughs> put two movies against each other, like uh, Alien versus the Thing or <laughs> Seven versus Silence of the Lambs, uh, Sleepaway Camp versus The Burning. Um, we I think in May we'll be bringing back and doing one that uh, involves uh, the actor Sam Neill. So that'll be dope. Um, we also I also do underwater kaiju from outer space if you need more japanese love we we cover godzilla movies and gamera movies and other giant monster movies um which is pretty dope um and then i also do jerry hates action which is about me not liking action movies so i'm forced to sit down and watch action movies and review them and see if i've changed my mind on movies like point break and terminator 2 so that's always fun um and that's that's about all I do currently, but I'm always doing new stuff and new shit. Uh, and I get, I, I try to do guest spots a lot. So you'll see me pop up, but I only do guest spots on the best of shows, <laughs> the best, which is why I'm here on the psycho semantic podcast. And you are, I am very thankful to have had you. And uh, I like to ask people, that I want to come back. I like to ask you on the air if you would like to come back, so you feel a little bit more pressure to say yes. Oh no, that's that's great because I agree. Because you know what I do, whenever I go on someone's show, I like to ask them if you come on to kill the cast right here on the spot. What movie do you want to do? If you name a movie we already do, I make fun of you. Aha! I've I've wanted to cover Dead and Breakfast. For the longest time on a show, and I haven't figured out how to work that in. Okay, Maybe... we have we have not done that, so we could easily do that because we don't have anything we can't do. Because if it's an action movie, we just do one of Jerry hates action. <laughs> if it involves a giant monster, just do one on where to catch you from outer space. Like we, I can do fucking anything I want, which is fantastic. I what? am so you can come on and we will do uh, Dead and Breakfast. Awesome. Have you ever have you ever seen it? I haven't, so it would be a first-time watch for me. I think that I, I, I think that would be fun. If you check it out and you're like, oh, actually, I don't know, man. Pick something no, else. No, I, I <laughs> would save it. I would save it so it would be a first-time watch for the show because we we are wild and crazy like that. We I don't have to see the movie before we do it. We'll just do it, and I will find some shit to talk about in some way. So awesome. Yeah, we did puppet. We did the first Puppet Master movie, and we went on a whole tangent about suicide and hookers. So we'll figure out a way to make it good. Hell fucking yeah, man! Thank you, thank you, thank you for that. For me to just vaguely look forward to in in the non-described future, and thank you for coming on here and talking about Battle Royale and all the fucking research you did. I feel like I barely had to say anything important, and that's how. I'm a co I'm a co-host that ended up hosting my own show. So that works great for me. Every once in a while we try to say some little bit of wisdom. I I, I don't know if it's been in any of the episodes that you've listened to, you know, like when we did uh, Last House on the Left, it's never let him get you to the second location. You know, when we did War Games, it was how about a nice game of chess? Would there be a little but important saying that you would get of advice from Battle Royale? 
what good is a fighting chance if you never pick up the gloves? It would suck if your back had like just punching gloves in it as your weapon. <laughs> but if you don't, but like in the movie, there are people that like, like one girl throws her bag back at the fucking teacher and runs off. So she has no fighting chance. She's not even willing to pick up the gloves. And you know, another one is just like, they just killed themselves. Like they throw their bags off the, the fucking ledge into the sea and then they jump down there and kill themselves. So like, in all honesty, what good is a fighting chance if you never pick up the gloves? If you put yourself in the situation of a battle royale, what good is your fighting chance if you decide to not even try? Kill everyone. Damn the man, save the empire. Exactly. Don't fucking forget to duck and cover, everybody. See you soon. Thank you. So long. Farewell. Avidur saying good night. Go fuck yourself. Thanks for listening. show then make sure you check out the other great shows on the legion podcast network like cinema psyops cinema beef devour the podcast 
Duncan and Bo Come Correct, Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast, Friday the 13th, Get Slayed, The Hell Ming Power Hour, Hello, This is the Doom Show, Hero Hero Ghost Show, Kill the Cast, Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space, Jerry Hates Action, Legion After Dark, Mental Health, Obsessive Cinema, Discourse, Pick 6 Movies, The Podcast by the Cemetery, The Podcast on Haunted Hill, The Psycho-Semantic Podcast, Rick Radio, House of Wax, Dude Looks Like the 80s, Rabbit and Red Radio, The Shadecast, Short Bus Cinema, Two Drink Minimum Commentaries, The VD Clinic, Who Will Survive Horror Podcast, and Which Versus the Doomsday Clock. With such a widespread of shows, there is guaranteed to be a niche for you to fall in love with. Horror, politics, movies, books, sex, music, commentaries, health, video games, kaiju, action, news, comedy, and opinions that would most likely get you killed in some parts of the world. We are proud to bring you some of the best podcasting in the world. Check us out at www.legionpodcast.com, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and any other dark corner of the internet where podcasts can be found.